amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Welcome to the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Here are your hosts, Jeff Carrier and Seth Lowell. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Show. We are back for the Week 11 episode of Waiver Wire Pickups. Who to pick up on the waivers heading into Week 11. We are recording this on a Tuesday night. I'm your host, Jeff Carrier. He is Seth Lull. And Seth, let's just jump right into it. Um, I think probably the Biggest lottery ticket has officially been cashed in. I mean, I feel like it already was cashed in, but now they've really um, secured the best lottery ticket I think I've ever seen in fantasy history. And that, of course, is James Conner gets to play out the rest of the season. Um, your your thoughts on maybe the situation, but also just the fact that I think that this might have been, I think this is probably the biggest lottery ticket, you know, winning lottery ticket I've seen in in. Uh, since I've been playing fantasy football. Yeah. I mean, it's similar to D'Angelo Williams, but when D'Angelo Williams was the running back for Pittsburgh a couple years back, you knew Le'Veon Bell was coming back. It wasn't the same situation. So you knew it was going to be short-lived. James Conner, if we were to do a redraft right now, James Conner is a top-five pick. Probably, you know, he's he's probably fourth or fifth, maybe third overall. So, exactly. And people that drafted Le'Veon Bell, got burned, but also were smart enough to to pick up James Conner, um, are pretty happy they did so. But as far as the situation, I think it's extremely dumb from Le'Veon Bell. You know, he, I don't know what he was expecting to get, but he's forfeiting, what, $14.5 million this year. It makes sense for him not to come back now, like I've been saying for a few weeks now, which is why I wouldn't really trade for him, because there's if you're going to sit out the first eight, nine weeks of the season, why would you come back for the last seven weeks? It makes zero sense. He could risk getting injured, and then he's not getting a payday at all. Um, So pretty stupid move by Le'Veon Bell, leaving all that money on the table for a running back who, you know, they have shorter careers as it is. Um, So, yeah, maybe he'll get his big payday, but leaving $14 on the table, it's that's very suspect at best. And I, I don't see how this really helps his case going into free agency next year because all these teams that are potential Le'Veon Bell suitors have had a chance to sit back and see James Conner step right in and the Steelers not miss a beat at all. James Conner has looked every bit as good as Le'Veon Bell. Um, and it just makes Le'Veon Bell look selfish and, and petty. And um, so, yeah, I think it's bad all around for Le'Veon Bell. Yep, I would have to agree with that. Um, I think that beginning of the year, I would never have thought it would have come to this, and it has, um, and obviously more so um, in terms of the whole James Conner, everyone who has him or traded him in the middle of the season, especially when there's rumblings of Le'Veon Bell reporting in during the Week 7 bye. 
Um, obviously has the benefit of him for the remainder of the season. And obviously going to be playing a big role in two keeper leagues, of course, because if you're in a keeper league and depending on your rules, if you have to draft the, the player or not, regardless, James, James Conner is going to be most likely uh, the starting running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers next year. Um, he was drafted at a very low value, so he's going to be a high, high sought-after keeper going into the 2019 season. Uh, Seth, the other thing I wanted to bring up um, and get your thoughts on or kind of just kind of uh, talk about slash poke fun of the Cincinnati Bengals again and the fact that they're bringing back Hugh Jackson. Um, I just find this laughable that you have someone who couldn't win any games out in Cleveland and then Cleveland actually goes out and beats the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, played a very good game. They beat Atlanta Falcons. Uh, two games being removed from the head coach. Uh, Cleveland looks like a different team. They were competitive two weeks ago. Of course, though, they were playing the Kansas City Chiefs. And now they go and they beat Atlanta, who's struggling. But, you know, they they kind of took care of business and beat Atlanta pretty easily. So your two thoughts on that, just the, the difference of what Cleveland's looked like since Hugh Jackson's departure, and then why on God's green earth does Cincinnati bring him back? Um, I think Cleveland's look better, which isn't a surprise. I mean, I think it's a perfect fit for, you know, I think it's great that Cincinnati brought Hugh Jackson back. I mean, it's a perfect fit. Uh, Hugh Jackson leaves a lo- one losing culture to another losing culture. And a team that has, you know, no desire to actually win or take football seriously. So I think he'll fit right in, um, and they'll do what they always do, which is either barely miss the playoffs or make the playoffs and lose in the first round. And you know, it'll be business as usual. All right, until now. you know, and, and, until they fire Marvin Lewis, I don't really care what Cincinnati does. I don't think, you know, they're just a joke of a franchise as it is. So. Yep. I mean, the fact that they almost had him or they had him basically out the door last year um, and they could not pull, you know, and they still decided to bring him back was mind boggling as it is. Um, So some big, big shakeups a little bit in the AFC this past week, Seth, you have uh, New England kind of stumbling on the road in Tennessee after winning two prominent matchups against Kansas City and the Packers, what was a big surprise there? And now they're on the outside looking in in terms of the first round by uh, break, break down that AFC scenario and what happened. Maybe your, your thoughts in that game, because that plays such a pivotal role going into the NFL playoffs. It was just a weird game. I feel like recently, whenever New England loses, they, it's like they go into these games and they just look scared from the very beginning. Brady was under pressure the whole game. Like I get it. The offensive line was pretty bad, but Brady has looked. I mean, I don't know if if you agree, but he's he looks pretty bad under pressure this year. And he, I still think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But you look at other quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, who when when they feel pressure can escape it or get rid of the ball quickly. How many times have we seen Brady just drop down or or throw the ball at the ground? Um, we, even when he doesn't even really need to, when the pressure is really not even there, not even there. So I, I just don't like how the Patriots lost. And for the playoffs, I, I think the AFC is turning into the. You know, a few weeks ago we talked about this, and I said the NFC is is the better conference. The AFC is mediocre. 
I think the AFC is is the much more intriguing conference right now because you have I still think New England is going to be there. I mean, until they they you know prove that that what we saw on Sunday is going to going to stick around, I'm I'm still going to believe that they're going to be there in the end. Um, you have Kansas City, who's been a juggernaut all season. You have Pittsburgh, who's absolutely on fire right now. Um, and uh, you have San Diego, who everybody forgets about at 7-2 and two now. Um, a- anybody I'm, I'm leaving out in the AFC, I, I think it's a pretty top-heavy conference, but we got a legit four or five teams in the AFC where I could see any of them going to the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be a complete toss-up for many different reasons. One, because a lot of the teams haven't been able to come through. Andy Reid teams, as good as they look again this year, have not been able to come through. That defense um, has played so poorly at certain times. It's going to be very interesting to see in this game the Chiefs against uh, the Rams, which I guess, you know, here we are. The the NFL tries to get all fancy on doing all these out-of-country um games and they can't even play in Mexico City because Mexico City can't have the field ready in time uh, because of a concert last weekend so uh, how funny is that that they have to now move the game to LA and that's that stinks for everyone who had you know maybe in the states who planned a vacation you know Mexico City vacation and watching an NFL game sounds like a pretty fun vacation and now you know I don't know how they're going to handle that but so that game got moved um, on a quick you know side note but the Chiefs don't have great defense, and we've seen what that can happen or lead to in the postseason. Um, Pittsburgh has fallen flat on their face several, several times. I mean, they haven't been able to beat New England in the playoffs. They they struggled against Jacksonville last year, which they might not be in the playoffs this year. But we've seen Big Ben and Mike Tomlin struggle in the spotlight before. And, and the Chargers really haven't been there in, in several years because they haven't been able to consistently win week in, week out. So they... They maybe limp in the playoffs or they kind of just barely miss it because they're not a consistent enough team. I think the Chargers are the most interesting because they're the ones who probably have one of the more balanced teams in the NFL, um, running, passing, even playing defense. And we haven't really, you know, we haven't seen what Anthony Lynn, who's a second year head coach, we haven't really seen his pedigree of coaching in the NFL for a while. So we don't know if he really has it. Kind of almost reminds me a little bit, not as as good, but um, you know the Doug Peterson, who's who kind of come in. You don't really know him, so you don't know if he's going to step up to the plate when it comes to coaching in an NFL playoff game. Um, so that one's probably got the most intrigue to me. Uh, whereas the other two, you know, are going to have to break free from their history. I mean, look at the matchups, right? The season were to end right now and the playoffs were to start. You would have Kansas City and Pittsburgh both getting buys. New England plays Cincinnati um, at home. I mean, terrible, terrible game. New England runs away with that game. And then you'd have Houston, I believe, playing the Chargers. And it would be a solid game. I'd probably pick the Chargers to win that game. And then you're looking at Kansas City, Los Angeles. So the, the Chiefs-Chargers um, in division game. And then you have the Steelers against the Patriots in Pittsburgh in what would be a completely epic game right there. Um, And then at that point, you know, I would probably pick Kansas City to beat the Chargers, but any matchup from that point on, it was, I mean, mean, could you imagine a better weekend of football than Chiefs, Chargers, Steelers, Patriots, or any combination of mix and matching those four teams? It sounds like a a pretty epic 
divisional series and, and probably an absolutely epic championship series. You know, the best two weekends in the NFL. And, and Seth, this is a good segue to us bringing up our uh, episode sponsor once again, my bookie. We're talking about the elite. NFL teams and who's going to win their conference games and and why not at this time when we're heading into week 11 maybe place a little bet on who's going to win the Super Bowl right I mean um, if you're starting to feel like you got an idea of who are the real players I'm looking at the lines right now you have plus 350 for the Rams to win the Super Bowl plus 400 for the Saints and plus 500 for the Chiefs um, on my bookie right now, Seth. In that order is the 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 top three favorite teams. Do you how do you agree with that? Would you align them up the same order? My favorite team is the Saints. I think if I if I had to put my money on a team today to win the Super Bowl, regardless, even without looking at what the odds are, I would pick the Saints. I would pick the Saints number one because the Rams clearly have an issue with their defense and they lose Cup for the year. Um, they, you know, Goff's good, but he's not Drew Brees. Drew Brees is more proven. Um, Sean Payton, they've been there before, and their offense is a complete juggernaut. No one can stop the Saints. So I'd go Saints probably number one, and then I'd I'd be a little more inclined, I think, to go the Chiefs over the Rams. I mean, I I honestly don't know between those two teams. I think it's a complete toss-up. And what was the fourth team? Well, I only said the top three. The fourth, app- so, the fourth happens to be the Patriots at plus 650. They're the only four teams that's under uh, plus 1,000. The only four teams. So if I was – well, so okay. So if we're taking the odds into into account, I would no, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying like if you agreed with yeah, the order. I love um, – I, I, yeah, I, I think you have to agree with the order. I mean it's tough because the Patriots have been there so many times. It's hard to count them out. But based on what we've seen this season, it's really hard to put the Patriots ahead of even the Chiefs, who, yeah, they beat at home, but the the Chiefs have been steady all season long. The Patriots have been shaky, um, and it's hard to imagine the Patriots going on the road and beating the Chiefs. So uh, I would agree with that. I'd probably put the Saints number one, though. But we're, we're splitting hairs. All have been really dominant this season. Yeah, uh, the Patriots are going to have to play at home if they want another shot at potentially representing the yep. AFC in the Super Bowl. Uh, but if you're feeling really ballsy, you've got the Oakland Raiders at a plus 250,000, which is just mind-boggling. I mean, there's no one else. The Jets, I think, are the second worst at plus 75,000. So that's, uh, if I'm reading these numbers correctly, it looks like the Bills at plus 100,000. Same with Arizona. The Bills in Arizona plus 100,000. Somehow the Raiders, if I'm reading this correctly, is at plus 250,000. That's just how bad they are. Um, but if you guys want to get in on the Super Bowl fun um, or even into week 11, go ahead and check out my bookie. If you're one of those types of people that likes to bet a little and win big, like playing numbers in a roulette, you can win big on a parlay. You pick three teams to win, and if you hit on all three, you turn $100 into 600 So go ahead and check them out. Easy-to-use platform, mobile-friendly, and, of course, they have live in-game betting, which is one of my favorites as well. Check them out at MyBookie. Make sure you follow them at 
bet my bookie on Twitter and Instagram. They personally respond to every mention and DM, not to mention they've given out away nearly $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season. You'll be the first to know as soon as new odds and props are posted. You know, what is the Bears odds to win the Super Bowl? You jumping on my ship now? I I really don't want to, but like they have the defense, their offense just looks explosive the plus, last few plus games. Plus two thousand, plus two thousand. I like that. I mean, I don't think they're gonna win the Super Bowl, but I like that bet. I mean, how could you? How could you not with the way that offense plays, with the way their defense has looked this season? And Allen Robinson, I'm calling it right now. He is he's a player that, and I know this isn't a topic we're discussing today in the on the pod, but Allen Robinson's a player that I wish I traded for. Um, in every league because he was his value was so low. Um, he was so easy to acquire. Um, and I think he's going to have a really good next few weeks leading leading up to the playoffs. I agree. All right, Seth, let's hit it into the week 11 waiver wire pickups. What do you have for us? Okay. Let's start with, um, let's start with wide receiver because there's actually a couple wide receivers um, that I like. And overall, I mean, this was a pretty – Pretty weak. I mean, it just seems like the, the last few weeks have been pretty rough for for players just in general. But last week, there's a, a couple players that I, I like for pickups. One is Cole Beasley. Owned in 18% of leagues. They are playing the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Should be a high-scoring game. Dallas is going to have to throw the football. And, and Cole Beasley, the, the only thing that I'm worried about is ever since Amari Cooper got there, his numbers have been down last two weeks, single digits for fantasy points. But I think he's due, and the, the matchup for for the, a big bye week, which is going to be affecting a lot of fantasy fantasy owners. Cole Beasley's sitting there. I like the matchup. I think he's a, a solid pickup for Week Eleven. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think at this point we're really into we've you've you've given a streaming defense right all season. We're yep. definitely at the point where we're not necessarily picking people up to we can hold on and play week in and week out we're at a streaming flex scenario and barring injury or anything crazy like that so someone that we may have mentioned a while ago um or maybe someone that we haven't liked in the past but to your point the matchup is nice um maybe the offense you know maybe he hasn't been as involved in the offense since amari cooper's been there but it looks like the offense has picked it up a little bit so um, especially that matchup. Look at what Cleveland just did to them. So I like that as a good streaming flex play. Yep. Josh Reynolds is another one. You know, uh, so no, now we know that there's – so early, a few weeks ago when Cooper Cup went out the first time, we mentioned Josh Reynolds, um, but we, we always thought that Coop, Cooper Cup would return. Um, now with Cooper Cup gone for the remainder of the season – I think if you are a playoff team and you're sitting pretty and you're looking like you're either going to get one of the first, you know, one of the buys or you're positioned well for the playoffs, Josh Reynolds is not a bad pickup that I, I probably wouldn't start him. I'd be okay starting him if I had to, but I, I'm, I'd be looking at him more as a stash. Keep him on your bench and potentially paying dividends, you know, later in the season into the playoffs with no Cooper Cup. What do you think about Josh Reynolds for the Rams? Yeah. And great matchup this week, too. Yeah, I would say this is probably a little bit different scenario than the one we just mentioned. Um, even though I did just you know say that most most of these pickups were looking as you know streaming flex, but in this case we had an injury, Cooper Cup, and we mentioned it a few weeks ago. Um, sometimes I wish we listened to our advice a little more, Seth, because obviously I've got Cooper Cup in uh, multiple leagues, 
and um, you know he was coming back and and uh, these sprained MCLs. Maybe we should pay you know a little bit more caution to the wind when th- these players are coming back. Um, but now he's hurt, and now I have to decide on how I'm going to approach that. If it's Josh Reynolds or elsewhere, but he's someone that you know you'd like to see. You'd like to see him on your bench and see how the Rams kind of move forward with that. I mean, but talk about a matchup uh, when they might actually need to just thrust him into thrust him into you know playing time, a lot more playing time than he normally would get by playing the Chiefs. Yeah, great matchup, and then I, I like his upside um, down the line once he you know is able to start for a few weeks and get the reps in and and um, build up that chemistry with Jared Goff. Um, and another group that I, I I don't know how much I like them, but it's worth taking a look into the Detroit Lions wide receivers. Marvin Jones dealing with a knee issue. My guess is he doesn't play this week. So and they don't have Golden Tate anymore, obviously. They're- Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Down to Kenny Galladay and the just collection of misfits that is TJ Jones, Brandon Powell, and Bruce Ellington. Uh, if I had to pick one right now, I think TJ Jones is probably the guy you want. He's been there the longest. Um, hasn't really done anything this year. He hasn't caught more than two balls in any game, zero touchdowns. But, you know, Carolina did just give up 46 points to Pittsburgh, and there there's going to be a couple starting spots open for the Lions. I think this is more of a desperation play. But um, what do you say? Could be sneaky, you know. Sometimes with a lot of these teams, you know, Atlanta, Detroit, and a lot of these teams that that got two, three, you know, or they pass a lot, and sometimes to spread the ball around a lot, you just don't know who's going to kind of catch that touchdown. Um, and almost anyone on that offense has a chance to catch those four or five balls. So it, it's a potential sneaky play. You're definitely hoping for a little bit of a roll of the dice, a little bit of luck, of, of course. Another guy that I like, maybe right up there with Josh Reynolds for kind of one and one A is Anthony Miller. He's he's done really well the last two weeks. Caught five balls each of the past two weeks. Um, you know, three touchdowns in the last five games. Chicago's offense is an absolute juggernaut recently. Mitch Trubisky has been on fire. Allen Robinson's healthy again. Um, that might actually help out Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller is a rookie, obviously. This is where we start to see rookies kind of break out a little bit into fantasy relevance at the very least. And in that offense, you know, aside from this week matchup, this matchup this week against Minnesota, which isn't as tough as we thought it would be coming into the season. After week 11, they have cake matchups right down the line. Detroit, New York Giants, Rams, Green Bay, Niners. So 
Love the matchups moving forward. Love the way the offense is trending. Um, and Anthony Miller has has proven now with a five catch, 122 yard game and a touchdown that he can put up a big week. Um, so Anthony Miller probably my number one pickup at the wide receiver position. Yeah, this is a you know if he's still out there, you, someone needs to go ahead and pick him up and and put in a heavy at this stage of the season a heavy allotment of their fab budget. Um, Tabor Grable last week, zero catches, had three targets, and it just took time. Anthony Miller was a rookie to begin the season. He is slowly gaining more and more trust, more and more workload. Um, he is uh, taking over Taylor Gabriel's position that he kind of had earlier in the season, it seems like. So, um, absolutely. I think at this point, Anthony Miller is pretty much a week-in, week-out play. He's not going to always come through for you. Um, but since his involvement in the offense has been consistent enough, um, I think he has to be in there, depending on the, on the you know the amount of roster size that you have and et cetera in teams. Yeah, I mean, I think at this stage, when I'm looking at waiver pickups, I'm either looking for a player that can fill in like a Danny Amendola who, you know, I can plug him right in. I'm not really worried about him burning me, you know, kind of the high floor, lower ceiling, and then the high upside receivers, maybe like a Josh Reynolds. I think Anthony Miller is right in between. I think he kind of does both. Like, he's not going to kill you. He's going to be right around 7 to 10 points every week, worst case scenario. And he has the ability to go go out and get you 20-plus fantasy points. One other receiver I would put as kind of like an honorable mention that I'd be pretty weary of starting him unless I had to. But given the matchup, I think it might be kind of sneaky as Michael Gallup for the Dallas Cowboys. Hmm, interesting. I mean, he, he has like these spots in these moments, you know, and, and you think like, well, why don't they like get him more involved or, you know, why is he not – uh, getting more targets or whatnot, but being a rookie, um, just like Anthony Miller that we talked about, he can have a spot somewhere in this season where he starts emerging more and more. Um, he's very inconsistent as of right now, but I guess you know, depending on how deep your your team and your roster and your league is, uh, he might be someone that you you may may put on the bench. You would probably put him on your bench, though. My guess is. Um, set the behind Josh Reynolds, or would you have him ahead of Josh Reynolds? Uh, who? Michael Gallup. Oh, I would have him behind Josh Reynolds. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably go Anthony Miller, and then depending on the situation I'm in. So, I mean, I think in a vacuum, I like Josh Reynolds more than Cole Beasley. But if if I need a a win this week, actually, that's it's tough because Josh Reynolds, I think, will help this week. Will help fantasy owners. But Cole Beasley, I just like the matchup a lot. I think he's good for five or six catches. Um, I think it would those would be the top three pickups. It would be Anthony Miller, and then depending on what you need, I'd probably go Josh Reynolds two, and then Cole Beasley three. I don't know how much upside Michael Gallup has moving forward because I think in order for Michael Gallup to do anything, you, you really need to have the the primest of prime matchups, which is Atlanta or Tampa or somebody like that. Okay, is that all your wide receivers? Yep, that is all for wide receivers. Now, running backs, I mean, unless you can, unless you have any that you wanted to talk about, I really don't have any running backs aside from Rashard Penny looked good. And, you know, I, I, I'm still very sketched out by the Seattle running back situation because we've seen Mike Davis do things. We've seen, obviously, Chris Carson have his moments. 
Rashard Penny is the prize rookie they drafted in the first round. We've been, fantasy owners who have held on to Rashard Penny have been waiting for this for 10 weeks, and he finally came through. So I think Rashard Penny is is worth, if you need running back help or if you have Chris Carson uh, or you can just afford to, to grab someone to stash, he's worth a pickup. He's only owned in 13% of leagues. Um, so he would probably be my number one running back pickup this week. Yeah, I think he'd be the the, the main and the in the the main focus and number one person for running backs. But obviously, I completely agree. This Seattle situation is um, hard to predict week to week. Um, and as soon as you think that after Rashard Penny gets absolutely no looks and no touches, Mike Davis should be kind of the guy for the most part, at least at least with Carson out, that doesn't happen. Just typical Seattle. I guess, you know, just just as soon as you think one thing, they do another. Um, now, that being said, between Penny and maybe between Carson, um, the uh, the draft capital they spent on Penny, you feel like they've, you feel like they've got to go more in that direction um, than, say, some random person um, having kind of a, a blow-up game. Yeah, like, like they – like this would be a great excuse for them to give Penny more touches. Um, so I, I like Richard Penny. I think if you, if you need a running back this week, I think you could take a stab at Derrick Henry if he's still there. You know, he's owning fifty-two percent of leagues. A lot of people dropped him. Um, some might have picked him back up given his success. You know, the last couple weeks, but four touchdowns in the past three weeks. He's obviously touchdown dependent. Doesn't catch any passes. He's on. He's caught under ten passes on the season, and it's not like he's getting too many carries either. You know, he's so there's not a lot to love. The margin for error is so low with Derrick Henry, but he's facing a a subpar Colts defense and he's a touchdown guy. So I think you could do worse than than grabbing Derrick Henry if he's still there. Yeah, my guess is if if you're in that scenario, you have running backs that are on buys and that's that's the only way that he's going to ever reach your lineup. And and last thing before before I forget, I actually marked down Gio Bernard. I think he's a sneaky pickup at this point in the season. We saw how good Giovanni Bernard was when Joe Mixon went down for a couple weeks. Giovanni Bernard is back now, and there's still th- most leagues. It's three more weeks until the playoffs start. A lot could happen um, in that time period. You know, Joe Mixon could go back down with an injury. So I know in a sense it's kind of like a handcuff, which we're against a lot of times. But I think this is a handcuff that it's proven. Like you, you know, if anything happens to Mixon, Gio's going to step right in and be really good. So I think if you can, if you have a spot on your bench, or if you have somebody that you know, like a Cooper Cup, who's who tore his ACL and's out for the year, that you can drop, um, grab Giovanni Bernard. If you miss out on some of these other guys we're mentioning, put him as your third, your third priority. I think you know, instead of doing nothing, it's better to, to grab somebody like a Gio. And, um, you know, there's clearly upside there. Yeah. And speaking of Cooper Cup, who had a sprained MCL, came back two weeks later, uh, played one week, then got hurt the following week. Joe Mixon was out, had microscopic surgery, and never thought he'd come back this quickly and be this efficient. And he has. And now he's played a couple weeks, and obviously he's still standing. But just kind of going back, like you had someone who had a slight injury in the middle of the season, uh, did some quick rehab. Um, even had surgery in his back, so you just never know um, in this situation. Question for you too. So I, I didn't I didn't put this player down on my running backs list, but 
An interesting thought, though. What do you make of Jalen Samuels for for the Steelers? Now, James Conner, we know Le'Veon Bell for the rest of the year, so we got that out of the way. James Conner left the Thursday night game against Carolina with a concussion. We know how these concussions are. The Steelers are confident he's going to be back for the game on Sunday against the Jaguars. But it's crazy with these Pittsburgh running backs. Jalen Samuels steps right in. And granted, you know, Carolina was letting Pittsburgh do whatever they wanted to him, but three catches, 22 yards, and a touchdown for Jay. It's unreal what the Steelers running backs do. Whoever's in there produces. What are where do you where do you fall on maybe grabbing Jalen Samuels, especially if you have James Conner? Uh, especially if you have James Conner, I think he's an absolute must at this point because you're basically securing yourself an RB one. Even if you don't have James Conner, I think you've if you have the room on your bench to to put him there, I think that you should highly consider it for the obvious reasons of James Conner going down. But for the other reasons, too, that we heard them talk a little bit about, you know, during especially during the early and mid part of the season of, you know, I don't. You know, I don't know if they knew or what their thoughts were in terms of Bell coming back, but they were driving James Conner into the ground um, and using him as they should. And there was in several reports that they liked the Samuels person, but Connor was playing so well there was no point in getting Samuels out there. Plus, Samuels, I believe, is a rookie, if I'm if I'm correct. So, um, I think down the stretch here, um, they've made they've alluded to it where they want to even lighten Connor's workload. And now I think that with Connor being guaranteed being the one A for sure, um, it could be a scenario of like kind of like an Austin Eckler or, you know, you might think of a couple other um, examples there where he, or, you know, he's almost as valid. He's almost a 10 point player, even as the backup, just because of the catches and the way that Pittsburgh runs their running backs. And we've seen how valuable Pittsburgh running backs are. That the upside is just so great that I, I think it's even if you know there's like a 90, 90% chance you're, you're probably never going to be able to start him, it's worth taking that chance because what happens if James Conner goes down or, or gets another concussion and he misses a couple games. Jalen Samuels could win you a couple. He could be the difference in you making the playoffs or not making the playoffs. Like He could be a game changer, so... Um, I'm talking myself into Jalen Samuels. I mean, I brought him up kind of after the fact is like, you know, what do you think about him? But I think James Jalen Samuels is as sneaky as they come. Yeah. And again, if they just lighten up Connor's workload a little bit in the same way that they do out in LA and the chargers, then just like Austin Eckler, he has a potential to be a 10 point player himself, which I know is not super ideal, but just, you know, the fact that you've the fact that you know he's going to get touches is 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 a lot easier to swallow when you have someone on your bench. Um, now we'll we'll have to wait and see if that really happens, but I think there's definitely uh, definitely potential for that. And now on to my streaming defense. There's no quarterbacks, no tight ends that I have for pickups this week. I've been on a pretty good streak with with streaming defenses. Now we we threw out two last week, um, the Jets defense, which didn't work out obviously. Um, but we also really liked the Chargers defense, which did really well against Oakland. Um, you know, the week before, I forget who it was. Maybe it was Buffalo's defense that I really liked. Um, and then uh, or I had Buffalo's defense in one league this this week as well. So I've done really well with these streaming defenses, believe it or not. And this week, I really like the Cardinals defense against the Oakland Raiders. Now, the Oakland Raiders are the perfect team to target because they're they're still not quite at that bottoming out point in terms of perception like the like the Jets are now or the Bills where people you know that that don't watch football or aren't don't follow 
football as closely as we do or a lot of other people still look at the Raiders and they think, oh, they got a decent offense. The Raiders have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. They are in the bottom 10 in sacks allowed. The Cardinals come in the top 10 in terms of most sacks. Their defense gets a ton of sacks. They're at home against the Raiders. And the Raiders have just Jordy Nelson is injured this week. He might not play. There's not much at all to like for the Raiders in terms of their offense. So I love the Cardinals. They're owning 15% of leagues. And you have the Ravens who are available on a league. So they're on bye last week. A lot of people are going to go, probably go after the Ravens. I love the Cardinals this week. I think that's a good one. And obviously you want to target um, any defense playing the Raiders at this point. They just don't have enough weapons to to be competitive. Um, but I want I want you, Seth, to give me a streaming kicker this week okay if I'm you're asking me to you're asking me to give you a streaming kicker I mean I just I literally there's no thought process that goes into me picking kicker because whenever I overthink it they get they they get me negative one like they did to you this week no I actually got negative two thanks to Mr. Cody Parkey um so everyone else you know who's trying to get a kicker who's on a good offense that sometimes stalls out. Well, Cody Parkey, two field goals, four extra point attempts. That is the perfect scenario to a 10-plus, you know, kicker weekend. And, of course, somehow I end up with a person who misses two field goals and two extra pointers. So I need to get him off my team. I'm sure there's several other people out there um, that need a new kicker after this catastrophe from Cody Parkey. So, um, okay. Enlighten me and the rest of our listeners on who we should be picking up. All right. So two things I look at now. I, I, one school of thought is I look for I try to oh, I try to pick games that are either going to be high scoring or it's going to be a field goal game. You have two offenses that aren't great. They're going to be in field goal range. They're not going to get in the end zone. <laughs> They're going to kick a lot of field goals. <laughs> let, let me let me butt in for a quick second. <laughs> What's, oh, please do. What's the other option besides a field goal game and <laughs> well, a high-scoring game? <laughs> well, a low-scoring game with no field goals. Oh, touchdown-only game. In case you're wondering, smart ass. All right. So, but but that's why that's where I that's where I overthink it. So one of my rules now is like I just don't want kickers to beat me. I don't want to get zero. I don't want to get. I don't want to have a bunch of missed field goals like you did with Cody Parkey. So I like, if possible, to pick a kicker that's playing indoors. So this week, Jake Elliott is playing in New Orleans. Love it. Ryan Suckup in Indianapolis, love it. All right, both games indoor. I mean, that Tennessee indie game, does that not have field goal game written all over it to you? Yeah. You know know what's going to happen because I I just said it, but it seems like a game that's going to have a lot of field goals. Those AFC South games are field goal fests. At least I, I always think of them as field goal fests. I love kickers in that division for whatever reason. I don't know if the stats bear it out, but I like it. And I like Jake Elliott playing in New Orleans. I also, if, I, if I'm picking a kicker that's kicking outdoors, I like Dustin Hopkins at home against Houston. Obviously, you want to check on the weather. You want to check out the wind, the, the weather forecast. Is there going to be rain, snow? I could, but Dustin Hopkins pretty solid this year. So I like Dustin Hopkins. All right. I think those are logical choices. I'm going to you know, have to try and pick up one of those three. Um, I like the Jake Elliott one probably the most. Um, 
but hopefully let's 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 hope I'm not in the same situation next week where my kicker is getting me negative two because I won't be happy. Not that I not that I want to give you any advice because I'm playing you in a couple leagues this week. And granted, my kickers aren't great, but they're still they still always outperform your kickers. I don't know what it is with your kickers. They are just they can't even kick an extra point. Two missed extra pointers by Cody Parkey. If you could only have seen my face at that moment, it was priceless. I can I can imagine. All right, we are the NFL Talking Heads. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Best of luck heading into week 11. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Try saying that three times fast. With your hosts, Jeff Carrier and Seth Lowe. We'll catch you next time. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.